As a kid, I was something of a composer. Please brace yourself for Mozart-level brilliance. As you can hear, I was a lyrical genius. And, I mean, I did stick with it. In high school, I made a song entirely with homemade instruments that involved water. Like, okay, hitting half-full wine glasses with chopsticks. And water drumming. You know, when you get in a bathtub in a swimsuit, have your mom hold a microphone while you smack the surface of the water. Water drumming. But no amount of amateur water drumming arranged in garage band could be even half as weird and fun as some of the music that AI can make these days. Welcome back to Science Quickly. I am Allison Partial. This is part two of our three-part series on music-making artificial intelligence. In the first episode, we met the winner of the 2022 AI Song Contest. He used machine learning to bring Western instruments into the world of Thai tuning. Today, we're diving way deeper into that technology. And as it turns out, scientists are on the cusp of something gigantic in music AI. The Music LM product, it's so impressive. What it is, is so impressive. The amount of things that have to be true for this to be what it is are unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. That was Shelley Palmer. He's a composer. And he's talking about Music LM, a music-making AI model published in January by Google Research. The LM part in its name stands for language model because it harnesses some of the advances in AI language processing to create music. And boy, does it create music. You might remember Dolly 2, that AI tool that could turn your weird text prompts into surreal images totally unconstrained by reality. This is like that, except it spits out music. To understand why this is so cool, going to have to step back in time a bit. The desire to outsource some of the creative process to algorithms is very old, older than AI, even older than computers. People were definitely already thinking about algorithmic music before computer existed, right? That's Akito Van Troyer, a professor at the Berklee College of Music who teaches a class on machine learning and music. For example, Mozart uh, composed a piece of music uh, called Dice Music. What he did was to uh, compose melodic motif, a bunch of them, right? and he will choose which motif to stitch together based on throwing a dice. That's an algorithmic music because you're determining the result of the music based on the throwing of the dice kind of situation, right? And then computer just came to be kind of like the ideal platform to experiment on. You know, as soon as computer were accessible to musicians, they were already using it. Brad Garten was one of those computer musicians back in the early days when computers were the size of rooms and whatnot. He's a composer and former director of Columbia University's Computer Music Center. 
I learned how to program on punched cards. If people don't even remember what those are. Um, but, uh, you know, we type in these lines painstakingly by hand and then submit them to the mainframe computer, an IBM 3081 on campus. I think it had 2K of RAM or something. <laughs> And um, we would uh, then have to wait for two hours. We'd get a special tape. We'd take it over to the computer lab where they had uh, special hardware to turn it into sound. Then you'd realize you'd mistyped one parameter and your masterpiece sounded like this. And that was it. <laughs> and it was really fun. I mean, because a lot of times I wouldn't quite know what I would get, but I'd listen to it and go, whoa, that's pretty cool. It's got a better sense of rhythm than I do. <laughs> Eventually, making computer music became easier and quicker. AI musicians moved from punch cards to MIDI files, a digital file format that contains sequences of musical notes in text form. MIDI stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface, and it's a pretty limited way to represent music. It strips out the richness and expressivity of a performance, since it includes just the names of the notes and when they're played. It can turn a song that sounds like this, To this. So MIDI is restrictive, but it worked well enough with those early AI models. Basically, you would give a model the text version of a whole bunch of music, and it would pick up patterns to generate text versions of new music, which could then be converted into sound using programs like, say, GarageBand. Up until the past few years, this was still the most efficient way of making AI-generated music. One relatively recent model, called MuseNet, was made public in 2019 by OpenAI, the makers of the now-famous chatbot ChatGPT. With MuseNet, you could make unlikely mashups, like this example. You can kind of hear how robotic it sounds, that's because it's using MIDI. But soon after MuseNet was published, the OpenAI team got to work changing that. Their next project was an AI composer that could actually work with raw audio files, not just their text-based approximations. In theory, like raw audio can sound like anything. It doesn't even have to be only music. You could use it, you could literally do any sound effect you can imagine. That's Christine McLevy, a pianist and one of the architects of OpenAI's music models. If you think of a good quality recording, it's maybe like 44 kilohertz, which is 44,000 samples per second. It's a lot, a lot of information, and you have to get each one of those numbers correct. There are just so many ways you can get off by a little bit. In order to work with these massive files, engineers like McLevy needed to compress all that information down into a small space. Their approach isn't that different from how you compress a file on your computer. Basically, they break up the audio into small pieces they call tokens, like breaking a sentence into words. Each token contains important information about a portion of the audio waveform, compressed into a smaller amount of space. If you're a teacher who's going to give a lecture, usually you wouldn't write down literally every single word you're going to say. You have a sort of higher level plan of what's going to happen. Um, and in the same way we're kind of doing that to the music. We're trying to generate this like higher level representation first, and then from that, then generate the, 
the sort of uh, fleshed out version where we get the full sound that we can listen to. Honestly, this part of the technology is just like magic to me, but it works. The resulting program, called Jukebox, came together through a few months of trial and error. This is the algorithm in August 2019, trying its best to make a pop song. Then one month later, after being trained on a wider diversity of music, it could do an okay-ish Bob Marley impression. A few months after that, the researchers improved the quality of the audio and prompted the model with the first 12 seconds of Despacito, letting it run wild with the rest. Working with raw audio is, is just the sky is the limit in terms of what you can create. Like literally, you could say, you know, what if I take this whale sound? and blend it with, I don't know, the Beatles or something like that, right? Like, you, you can just blend things that are, are sort of wild combinations. Flash forward to now, this year, Google publishes MusicLM, that new music language model where you can probably type whale song blended with the Beatles into a text box and get a really unique piece of music out of it. I'd do just that and play it for you, but unfortunately, MusicLM is not available to the public. Still, the samples I got from their publication were enough to set my head spinning. The MusicLM product is early days. That's Shelley Palmer again. When it's right, it's kind of right. When it's wrong, it's really wrong. I asked Shelley to walk me through some of the highlights and lowlights of the samples. Main soundtrack of an arcade game. Fast-paced, upbeat, catchy electric guitar riff. That's pretty much spot on for what they says. It's supposed to be Rising synth playing an arpeggio with a lot of reverb is packed by pants. Let's listen. It's not doing the first thing it was asked for. It's rising synth playing an arpeggio, but there's no arpeggio. It's delightful. It's got the reverb they're talking about. There is a, the pads are backing it, so yeah. Let's see what this is. Slow tempo, bass and drums, reggae song. So that's actually exactly backwards from a reggae rhythm. This one is. So they call that swing, except that that's not swing. This is swung, but not swing. <laughs> Again, it's early days. I'm yeah. not, um, I am, it's so impressive. What it is, is so impressive. There's no way that I'm going to sit here and take a shot at these guys. Oh my goodness. This is like, it's amazing. And I, I know where it's going and I'm excited about it. I really am. I, I don't see anything to be scared of. The first time I was this excited musically, and it was the first time I heard a fully synthesized piece of music. I have to agree. It's not hard to get excited listening to these. My personal favorites are the painting samples, where they fed the AI a written description of famous paintings. Here, we've got Salvador Dali's Persistence of Memory, aka his Melting Clocks painting. 
His melting clock imagery mocks the rigidity of chronometric time. The watches themselves look like soft cheese. Indeed, by Dolly's own account, they were inspired by hallucinations after eating camembert cheese. In the center of the picture, under one of the watches, is a distorted human face in profile. The ants on the plate represent decay. Honestly, the Dolly painting feels appropriate, given how surreal listening to these samples seems. And it's only possible because the Google team figured out how to compress raw audio even further than OpenAI's jukebox could. Those little tokens, the ones that represent pieces of the music, typically each one would capture about 50 milliseconds of audio, about this much time. And what MusicLM does on top of that is uses an even more coarse representation. That's Jesse Engel, one of the engineers who designed MusicLM. At the level of like three seconds or so. And that's one that we can control in all sorts of new kinds of ways. Uh, You can use it to look at a certain piece of music and say, okay, these are the very high level features of this music on the level of seconds. Now please generate some more music that has some of these types of features. You may notice that the audio quality is admittedly still pretty rough. They are, in essence, the same thing that happens when you take a guitar and you stick it up to an amplifier and it causes feedback. We're taking the outputs of the model and we're sticking it back into the inputs of the model. And we stick the outputs of the model back into the inputs of the model. But it's just feedback that instead of a single tone is turning into music in these beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. But when it fails, it does sort of actually kind of sound a bit like feedback. It has these, these sort of, you know, all these different tones sort of take on unnatural sort of timbres to them. But you can already hear how the quality has gotten better in just the last few years. For Jukebox, the audio quality itself was okay, but not amazing. And in some ways, that's actually why I always felt okay with it as a musician, because I was like, okay, this is like good enough to be cool and interesting and maybe spark people's creativity, but not quite good enough to be like to feel threatening as a musician or or that sort of thing. But that reality seems to be changing and quick. It's early. They just, this is the sample, for goodness sake. Like, wait till this thing gets real. Like, when this thing is production ready, we're so close. So close. And it's going to piss off so many people. Next time on Science Quickly, we're talking about the elephant in the room. When machines make music, what happens to musicians? Science Quickly is produced by Jeff Delvisio, Tulika Bose, and Kelso Harper. Our theme music was composed by Dominic Smith. Don't forget to subscribe to Science Quickly wherever you get your podcasts. For more in-depth science news, go to scientificamerican.com. For Scientific American Science Quickly, I'm Allison Partial. Science Quickly.